just want to hop in here at the beginning and let folks know that I completely dropped the fucking ball on this one and forgot to mention that our new theme song is written, composed, and performed by Vitizen. You can find him on Twitter at underscore Vitizen underscore. Enjoy the rest of this perfect episode. podcast about star trek or star trek related media hosted by me jeff and this guy me josh uh with all of those specific factors we are number one and no one can say different yeah no one else has a star trek podcast i don't think with us on it so there you go number one this podcast with us on it every two weeks we sit down with a piece of star trek media and by the way, we should do a book at some point, I think. We should pick a, like a Star Trek book and do Oh it. fuck, that'd be great. Uh, I've oh, got God, a few that I some that I real good from. ones. I haven't please read any of do, them, so <laughs> please do not pick one by Will Wheaton. I know he's done a few. No, right? fuck that. I've got I one will... by Shatner. <laughs> oh man. That's probably real good. <laughs> it's not really by Shatner, but you know he was like, yeah. make my dick bigger. <laughs> talk about talk about elephants. Can you talk about how elephants vibrate? <laughs> uh, oh, this specific episode, we're going to be talking about uh, Star Trek The Next Generation Season 2, Episode 14, called The Icarus Factor. Don't ask us why it's called that. We've talked about it, and there's probably people like, It's because Icarus flew to the sun, he flew too high! Yeah. And his dad! That's a, that's a shitty metaphor. The thing is... The whole myth, the whole myth of Icarus, is his father created the wax wings, and then he flew too close to the sun. Yeah. Uh, Riker's dad didn't do shit for him, abandoned him, and then Riker flew too close Into to the sun stars. and ex- succeeded. He succeeded, yeah. Which makes it a, the opposite of Icarus. He became like a living god <laughs> <laughs> for like I mean, five you, minutes. Once he did. Have you seen his beard? It's incredible in this one. Yeah, his dad has no facial hair, which lets you know right out the gate this dude fucking sucks, right? Yeah, yeah, he's like the 25th, 24th century version of a boomer. He really is. He's fucking, like a boomer, man. I want to straight out the gate let everyone know this episode makes me very angry. And like Probably it's not for the a same bad reason episode. it makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a terrible episode. But it's yeah. very much a television relationship strain yes. between father and son. It's not a real one. Right. Because it gets solved in an hour. 
It gets solved in like five seconds. Yeah, <laughs> it gets like, solved like immediately. I, I'd, I'd completely forgotten how fast the fucking switch over from them hating each other to being friends happens at the end of the episode. Yeah. But it's, it's literally like five seconds. It's it's ludicrous. It's like insane. Uh, it's not real. Let's get some shopkeeping out of the way first. Uh, okay. This episode was written by David Asil, who uh, wrote this episode and literally nothing else ever for Star Trek. All right. Uh, however, he did write episodes for Homefront, Picket Fences, Northern Exposure. Oh, that one. Della Venture, Call of the Wild, and most importantly, Baywatch Nights. Oh, and he did Miami Vice, too. Yeah, he wrote uh, a lot of the worst episodes of television for a lot of good shows. The episode he wrote for Baywatch Nights was called Just a Gigolo. <laughs> Clever. Uh, this episode was directed by Robert Iskov, who uh, also only directed this episode and never anything else for Star Trek. However... Before writing this episode of Star Trek, his most impressive credit as a director was uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. From the 70s? Actually, no. His most his most widely known and impressive uh, directing job was directing 1983's Romeo and Juliet on Ice. Oh, he also directed From Justin to Kelly, the movie about Damn Justin it. Guarini and I Kelly. I was leading up to that. <laughs> <laughs> he directed She's All That? That movie rules. He directed She's All That is the only thing. Here's his fucking career trajectory, right? He, yeah. He does Romeo and Juliet on Ice. He does 900 <laughs> shitty TV movies, such as Janek, The Silent Betrayal. Nice. And without consent, which is terrifying. Yeah, I've seen that. And uh, <laughs> then, fucking the clouds part in 1998 for Mr. Robert Iskov. It all changes. And he he directs She's All That, starring <laughs> Gabrielle Union. And <laughs> no, she's not in that, is she? She is in that. It's not starring her, but she's she was in something Star Trek related, so of course she shows up on this uh, this week. Gabrielle Union is is she the friend in the school? I don't remember. Something? She's all that at all, man. <laughs> Anna Paquin is the sister to Freddie Prince Jr. I remember that. I love Anna Paquin. She's great. Uh, um, Little Kim is in it. <laughs> he, I'm not he seeing does, Gabrielle Union. He does. She's all that. And. Everything is fucking coming up Millhouse for Robert Iskov. He the next next couple years he directs Boys and Girls that doesn't do so good. Yeah. In fact, it does bad enough that his next movie is the Sci-Fi Channel original movie Firestarter Two Rekindled. Shit. Oh, what? <laughs> you know they made that just so they could use Rekindled. <laughs> it's too cool not to use. Let's make a movie around it. And apparently Malcolm McDowell isn't that movie. <laughs> oh, God. he'll do anything. There was a point where Malcolm McDowell was like, "I'll do that." You got <laughs> Fuck a sandwich. It. You got a crafty. I'll, I'm showing up. Yeah, and his his career was finally coming back around. He was gonna get to do an actual movie again, mm-hmm. and it was 2003's From Justin to Kelly, starring Kelly Clarkson and Justin Guarini. Man, I think I've seen that, but I pretty sure i deleted it from my memory banks <laughs> uh most recently he directed val kilmer in the 10 commandments of the musical wow in 2006 
<laughs> oh my god. Is that still considered recently? <laughs> <laughs> he directed something called Surprised by Love in 2015. He might be dead. He's not. He directed He's Without old, Consent and then Surprised by Love. I'm not liking this career. He's got a theme going, man. You gotta go do another type of movie. <laughs> I bet this one's good. Whiskey business. <laughs> it's, I bet it's about a bartender. Let's see. Let's find out together, everybody. After Nikki, the son of New Jersey mob boss, is framed for a murder he didn't commit, he goes on the run and ends up in a small town in Tennessee where he's taken in by Trina. Okay. The rapper? I Fuck, I'll watch the shit out of that. <laughs> uh, fucking Trina. Five-star bitch. The baddest first, bitch. At first, Nikki is as suspicious of their moonshine as they are of his fake tan, but he soon bonds with the residents to take down Gilly, the town's corrupt sheriff. Jesus Holy fuck, we need Christ. to watch this. This is like a whole thing. I fit, like Somebody posted this thing on like a Facebook group for people in Pittsburgh that like we joined when we got here. The Yinzer Club? Uh, God, no. Uh, it's like the it's like Pittsburgh. It just shows anything that's happening in Pittsburgh, like events and everything, so you know ahead of time. Are you sure it's not just like crickets chirping? <laughs> nah, I lived in West Virginia before, bro. Like, <laughs> that's true. I can't really make fun of Pittsburgh. <laughs> Everything's right? an upgrade here. Yeah, Pittsburgh's like New York fucking city. Regardless dude. of how fucking low it is on the total pole, <laughs> it's an upgrade for me. But uh, there was a movie. That came out that was supposed to be called Three Rivers because Pittsburgh has three rivers. Yeah, three it's rivers. About, about like a disgraced police officer played by Bruce Willis okay. who has to prove his innocence when a string of murders happens. All right. The craziest thing about it is that it was awful, but uh, it is actually filmed in Pittsburgh. Like I recognize yeah. everything that happens in it. Oh, like, you should watch Jack Reacher. It's actually a good movie, and it's all Pittsburgh. It's like, all that's Pittsburgh, dude. There's this extended car chase sequence that one fucking slaps. It's so good, yeah. <laughs> dude. You gotta watch Jack Reacher. You got just watch that. It's and, amazing. Uh, but two, like it's on the commute we took to get to the fucking park. Oh man, that's awesome. It was what did they really make this? Cool. It's a. It's in the eighties. It's like he oh, had really? just done um, the movie oh, wow. fucking Nick loves the musical. Die Hard. No. Oh, uh, Buckaroo. Bu- no, fuck. No. Uh, Buckaroo Bonsai is a good movie. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Oh my. There's, we played the game of it. Fuck yeah, Jesus. you did. I don't remember the fucking we're like, thing. We're like morons today. Like, Bruce Willis musical movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's called Red. No, um... <laughs> That's, yeah, Red. I literally can't believe this isn't coming up when I fucking put it in this way. The- <laughs> I'm looking, I'm looking. Oh my god, go back farther. He's done this so is- much shit. Holy fuck, this dude. He's in, he'll do anything. Fucking Hudson Hawk. Hudson Hawk, yeah, yeah. yeah he's he on had, HBO like every day. He had literally just done Hudson Hawk before he did this movie, so it was, it was not... A good batting average year for Mr. Willis. Yeah, he did, like, a bunch of shit, right? Like, he was in Die Hard, and, like, then he did Hudson Hawk, and it was stupid. Look Who's Talking, he was in. And then he did uh, The Last Boy Scout, which he I remember was, the was dog, like, fucking... Right? <laughs> he was the, the baby. Look Who's Talking? Oh, he was the baby. The one with the dog's better. Is that three? I think it's two. 
Two is the one with Roseanne is the sister. Remember Roseanne oh, when she was no. a marketable commodity? I can't believe there was a time, honestly. I, can. I can't fucking believe there it's was a time. It's called the early 90s. I think about the early 90s and how shitty they were. Like, I remember sitting at home, like, on a Sunday night, getting ready to go to school the next day, and just thinking about how shitty everything was. Like, I knew then. <laughs> I was like, this is shitty. I was yeah. like, well, this, this is horrible. The name of this movie is the Pittsburgh movie with Bruce Willis, and it is Striking Distance. Striking Distance. That's a like, really famous one. And uh, it takes place in Pittsburgh, and he plays a, a homicide detective named Tom Hardy. I shit you not. <laughs> like the guy, like the actor. Uh, he created him when he made that movie. <laughs> anyway. Do you think he was named after this movie? I do. <laughs> Probably. I think chances are good that that's what he's named after. So, direct, written by David Asiel, uh, directed by Robert Iskov, it's uh, all-star pedigree for the Icarus Factor from TNG. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Robert McCullough had something to do with the teleplay, but I don't really give a fuck. Uh, really, this episode could have been called Daddy Issues. Yeah, I hate my dad. And if you're like me and like Josh, um, yeah. you, you didn't have the best relationship with your father. Yeah, I don't really like need to watch like a dad issue uh, <laughs> show. I kind of like lived a whole life of that. Sure. So, like if you didn't have yeah. a, a very good relationship with your father, uh, yeah. you probably noticed that television does not care for that. It doesn't like that you don't like your dad, and it wants no, to make sure that you do. To, you're supposed to like your dad. Well, that's like real life, too. People are always like, did you call your dad? I'm always like, did you fucking call my dad? Like, it's what like, am I, five? I'm 30 fucking five years old. Did uh, you call my no, dad? I, no, I didn't call my dad. <laughs> yeah, he's no. dead. I like can't call dad. across <laughs> fucking time and space. Well, my dad afterlife. lives in Florida, so he might as well be dead, honestly. <laughs> well, it's There's like, no coming back. My, <laughs> my relationship with my father, not great. Uh, yeah. television characters who have a not great relationship with their father, um, everyone around them, when it's absolutely none of their business, gets involved. forces them as hard as they can towards well, reconciliation. No well, that's how. just like real life. That's exactly yeah. like real life, though. Yeah, that's absolutely. the same fucking shit that people do to me. Like, still. And it's like, the thing about this episode is usually it's like... Uh, I don't like my dad because we just don't get along. We don't right. see eye to eye. He wants me to join the the family company. I don't right. want to. Right. But this takes it to like a comedic level where it's like my father abandoned me in Alaska when I was yeah. 13 and I raised yeah. myself. Yeah. And everybody's like, well, he's your dad. Right. Is this he, dude, motherfucker? This dude does some like irredeemable fucking shit, right? Like, shit that would wreck your life. Like, he leaves a child unattended yeah. to take care of himself for the rest of his life from the yeah. age 13 on. Yeah, man. That'll fuck you up. Trust me. I know. <laughs> and you, you know what he says? He says, what he, spare me your sob story about yeah. your childhood. And right. we as an audience are supposed to be like, yeah, Will, you pussy bitch. Yeah. You're a man there, now. <laughs> there's like some legit, like, I would never talk to this guy ever. Like, no. he's like Riker, like Will is like 100% right. Like he needs to get away from this. Yeah. He's a toxic human toxic being. As, exactly. He's toxic as fuck. Yeah, he's a bad person to be like you cannot be around this person. Like And don't here's the thing, like Will is 
a hundred percent, like a million percent understanding towards Pulaski and her situation. Right. And Pulaski decides that it is her job to run Will's life for him. Yeah, be his mom. Force him back towards his father. Uh, you just got his dick a couple times, lady. You're not involved. Yeah, yeah you just like fucked the guy or whatever like weird like space old people fucking <laughs> when it, whenever anybody is like oh i like pulaski a lot like i think, think of back this, to this yeah. episode i think of that too because like and i hate pulaski in this episode it's <laughs> like on one hand like she's real honest and it's like they kind of get into like he like will like loves honesty the most which like you see why later and she's real honest about it and she's just like yeah like i really love them and like i didn't care <laughs> you know what i mean but like yeah but like also like yeah you don't really like get to tell me like it's no my, you're not you know. involved in this situation yeah. this has yeah. nothing to do with you yeah also how fucking coincidental is that yeah how big is the universe <laughs> well when like, you're a Riker odds? right you're you're bound to run into somebody you laid the pipe to right that's true you just pipe land all throughout the goddamn galaxy dude Land Riker Sr. is a scumbag. Like, what did he yeah. do after he left his son, age 13, to fend he, for himself? He went and, like, did, like, jobs, right? Like, I kind of get, like... Now, this is where it gets, like, really, like, Freudian for me. He's kind of like a truck driver. Like, my dad was, like, a truck driver. And yeah. I kind of, like, put that on him in the show. I'm like, he just went and he, like, did shit for Starfleet. Yeah, he was he, just like, I'm going to go All he space. cared about was his career, right? Yeah. That's very much my dad as but well. But he wasn't... We're going to get into Freudian shit. <laughs> but, like, he wasn't in Starfleet, though, right? He was sort of like a no. mercenary or some uh, shit? He's, he's like a... Like a consultant or he's something? He's a consultant to Starfleet. He's done a right. shit ton of work with Starfleet, but he's, like... With a with like a surveying company. Oh, uh, that's not why sort. they live in Alaska because it's like shitty. Well, he didn't live in Alaska <laughs> past thirteen. Um, <laughs> I'm out. Have fun fighting the bears. Like he's a scumbag. Like yeah, there's no way sucks. around it. Like and everybody on the show, like they're written. They have to be written out of character in order to like yeah. make any sense for the way they're acting about this. Like. Picard isn't involved for the most part, thankfully. Because if he was involved, that would have been heinous. Like, you need to reconcile with your father, number one. Yeah, he sort of He abandoned me when I was 13. Never mind. being a bitch. I need to go. Forget I said anything. (laughs) Uh, There's a B-plot with Worf, I guess. Yeah, this one's okay. Like, I always forget about the B-plot with Worf. It's fun. it's cool that we get, like, a Riker Wharf episode, which is, like... I think this is, like, the only one, pretty much. All right? Where it's, like, an A-plot, B-plot. one B where Worf wants to die. Well, that's a... Oh, that's yeah. just an A-plot. I think this is the only, like, A-plot, B-plot that focuses on one on of them as yeah. each. This show does a really good job of... We always talk about, like, mixing, mixing and matching people's stories. Right? Like, you're, like, a Data Crusher episode? Like, what? You know? Like, there's, like, yeah. weird shit. It's... It's always really good to have characters that are involved with one another, but then characters that don't have to be. Right. It's easy to be like old Star Trek and just have the three main things, right? Like, yeah. But this show is like very much all of a character study in all of them. 
I'm definitely glad they went away from that with this. Like the, yeah. I love TOS and what it does and everything, but it really they're not a the, bunch of underdeveloped characters. Yeah, they're not the same characters either. You know, like it works for those three cowboys because they're cowboys, right? Like, like Spock and Kirk and Bones are like yeah. the guys, but that's not how it is anymore. The boys club, the boys, we them boys. Remember that song from like. No. 2016? Yes, actually. <laughs> so, like, Worf wants to get poked with uh, red-hot pokers real bad, but he can't tell anybody. We right? don't know that yet. He 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 gets off on it real hard, but he can't yeah. tell people that. His Klingon modesty is getting in the way. His Klingon blood demands red-hot pokers on his nipples. <laughs> Pretty close to it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there was a weird Klingon nipple. Maybe Klingons have 57 nipples. Who <laughs> fucking knows? Klingons have a ring of nipples that go all the way around their chest. Klingons like, have... How they measure you for a suit. There's nipples all the way around. <laughs> Klingons have, like, dinner plate-sized nipples, and then around that is, like, a Saturn ring of other nipples. <laughs> like, around the big nipple. And they all lactate. Wow. <laughs> oh. Oh. Ah. You know what? On that note, uh, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Hop into the episode and discuss the Icarus Factor after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Feel the magic. Hear the roar. The Thundercats are here. Thundercats! A team of brave and bold superheroes. Meet Chitara the Quick, as clever as she is at Chitara is unafraid of a challenge. Maybe that'll teach you to monkey with the Thundercats. Chitara the Quick, one of the mighty Thundercats. Don't miss the action. Thundercats. Weekdays at 5 on WRLH TV 35. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, those messages. I did. I don't know what I put in there, but sure. Future Josh better not fucking drop the ball on this one. Oh, God. I've been doing that a lot lately. (laughs) You've never dropped the ball, Josh. That's happened. One time I forgot to show up. Uh, Well, yeah, I guess that counts. (laughs) I was like asleep or something. I don't remember. I don't remember either. I do remember texting you and be like, Josh, where are you? And I was like, oh, no, I forgot, because it was one of those weeks that we did it, like, on a Monday, and then we had to do, like, another one, yeah. and I kind of forgot um, that I get fucked up. Got some breaking news from the news desk today, folks. Oh, shit. Just put in some news Looking over the emails for M-Class Email this week, we received an email from tpublic.com... That says CBS itself is reviewing yeah. our Go Climb a Rock t-shirt to see if they want to make it officially licensed merchandise. We're going to have officially licensed Star Trek merchandise. And it's literally a white t-shirt with completely incorrectly offset text that says Go Climb a Rock. It's amazing if true. <laughs> if we get it. It'll be the greatest thing we've ever done. M-Class Podcast has become officially licensed by CBS, if this goes through. <laughs> they don't know that, of course, but we do. <laughs> we'll have officially licensed Star Trek merchandise. It's awesome. 
the thing that continually pops into my head that we discussed before this, since I got this email literally five minutes before we started recording tonight. Yeah. Um, why that one? Why ours? I don't know. There's so many other Go Climb a Rock shirts out there. Maybe ours is the most simple. A lot of them that I've seen have, like, weird shit on it. Like, the one that I saw had, like, the Delta on the sleeve, and yeah. I was like, that's kind of dumb. Well, like, that's lame. Uh, like I was telling Josh earlier, our Go Climb a Rock t-shirt, I meticulously made to look just as shitty as Kirk's Go Climb as a Rock his. shirt from Star Trek V. Yeah. The text is plain sans serif italic text with a period at the end because there is a period. On <laughs> there is a period. And yeah. it is tilted incorrectly on the shirt, like his. <laughs> like they made it. Like they made it. Like like with like those like uh, Michael's craft store <laughs> layer like things you can make like iron ones or some shit. So right? maybe they chose it because it is the most screen accurate go climb a rock maybe. shirt on the internet. But that's probably what it is. Look out for that, folks. There is a chance that we may have CBS officially licensed Star Trek merchandise available soon. Got to get one. So get excited about that. Woo! Uh, <laughs> back to the Icarus Factor for now, though. Yeah. Uh, back to hating our dads. <laughs> Fuck you, dad. Fucking, I know you listen. He doesn't. Our real father is Captain Picard, of course, and we're both his sons. Yes. We're his good sons. We're half brothers. <laughs> Hopefully we don't die in a fire. Yeah, that's pretty much what happens to all Picards who aren't captains. No. Can't get fire can't get you in space. There's no air. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> What's antimatter? Is that fire? Is that when antimatter and matter mix? Does that make fire? Or it like makes burn. Does it go like beyond fire? It <laughs> like, it's like super crazy. Fire. Cool. Is that canon to the M class universe that we're Picard shitty sons? <laughs> no. <laughs> we, we could we couldn't live up to it'd that. Be so, That's it'd be so too great much. if we were Picard's sons that he didn't know existed, and also we don't know that he's our. We father. don't know. Maybe we're like rejected clones, like a. <laughs> We're Shinzon too. And like Shinzon, yeah. <laughs> We're just like the Danny DeVito version of Shinzon. That would explain a lot about us. Yeah. yeah. So the Enterprise D is uh, headed towards a starbase called Starbase Montgomery, and probably named after uh, Montgomery. What's his name? Montgomery Burns. Montgomery <laughs> Burns. Yeah, from The Simpsons. Montgomery Scott. Yeah, it's, it's probably it's probably named after Scotty. I think it. Was, I, I always felt it was a reference That's to great. that. Maybe not. I like that if it's true, or maybe Montgomery the general from World War Two. That's more like it. We're like American shit. We name all of our ships after American shit. He was British, so it's British shit. Oh, then probably not. <laughs> he was a prick, but all generals are kind of pricks. Yeah, the only good general is the one that's on your side when you tell yourself that he's good. Yeah. Like Patton. Yeah, Patton or, was great. Um, yeah, that guy was... He wasn't mean. <laughs> they have... Uh, they're having, like, anomalies in the readouts all over the ship. Like, just little shit that doesn't seem to make sense, but doesn't cause them, like, catastrophic failure. Yeah, this is, like, a weird, like, thing. This is, like, an everyday, like, here's some weird stuff. Yeah, like, right? your computer is, like, 
fucking up like you try to open a program with your computer and it seems to open but then it's not open so you have to do it one more time to make it work that type of oh, shit fuck that fuck that and uh data is just like well um they're super like not important so we can just like rewrite the code to you know fix yeah. it we'll just like data could do it probably in like a minute right yeah and Picard's like, no, we need to have the people at Starbase Montgomery like give it a complete once over. We need to figure out what's wrong with the system from the ground up. Yeah, let's make them do it. It's basically his yeah. like, he's like, fuck it, just let them do it. Jordy <laughs> okay. lies straight to the audience and the captain and says that his ego is not hurt by them doing this, but we learn different very soon. <laughs> oh, we do. Yeah, he's like remember. he's all like butthurt about it in this a couple scenes later. What a liar. What a fucking <laughs> liar. Um apparently they're headed to Star Mace Montgomery anyway, and Riker's like, Oh well that's not like where we were headed before. Right. He's, he's like, Why are we going there? And, and Picard's like, We're picking up a VIP man. Yeah, he says that there are some personnel changes coming up and Riker yeah. says, oh, Are they joining us or are they disembarking disembarking picard like changes the subject real quick he's like number one could you meet me in the observation lounge and at this point i'd be like oh my god what is happening now oh god i'm getting fired i'm getting this whole fucking (laughs) they're gonna send me to satellite m oh no oh god with those two idiots dude do you remember when I was in charge of Deep Space Nine and blew it up? That's canon. That's M-Class canon. Yeah, I remember that. It's a good thing that they've figured out how to fix it. They sent me in to replace uh, Redacted, because that's a spoiler. Um, <laughs> Be a patron to find out what Redacted is. Um, or watch Deep Space Nine all the way to the end to figure out what Redacted is. That one's easier. <laughs> Uh, no, become a patron. Give us your money. Yeah, give us money. <laughs> uh, Wesley fucking crushers in this episode. He calls Picard and says that they're inhaling range of Starbase Montgomery. Captain, we're inhaling range. That's how I hear it. <laughs> That's what he sounds like. Uh, he just whines for five seconds and then it cuts off. Uh, and everyone's like, oh my god. This is like this. a... Like, you need to make this. You need to, like, edit some episodes to <laughs> do have it, edit. that shit on it. And just do, like, a, like a voiceover. Yeah, I could do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Riker meets Picard in the observation lounge, and Picard uh, has a little trip down memory lane about... Um, he congratulates Riker for doing the uh, fucking... Docking maneuver he yeah, forces like him a to manual. do an encounter at Farpoint. Yeah, he like just flies the ship into the ship. Like everybody should be able to do that, right? Like I think I can do that. Uh, you could, right? Josh. <laughs> nah, man, it's just like whatever. Like it's how hard is it? The ship usually he's... does it for him, so he's like, oh, you can do it too. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it seems like pretty straightforward. He says it was <laughs> difficult. I don't like. I'm with Josh. Why? I don't really know what's difficult about Why it. Why would but... it be difficult? Why would it? I mean, it's not like the ship's like spinning and like a like a like out of control or anything. That would be difficult. Well, he tells uh, the commanding officer of the Ares is retiring. Yeah, the captain. He's like, I'm done being in charge of the Ares because <laughs> the Ares sucks a dick. I wonder what kind of ship the Ares is. I bet you that it isn't uncannon, but there is one. Um, 
but they they've chosen Riker to be his successor. He's going to be the mm-hmm. captain of the Ares. He just has to accept his new position. Uh, eagle-eyed Star Trek viewers may note that this happens 37 more times throughout the rest yeah. of TNG. Yeah, this is a uh, yeah piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, we're we're back here doing this again. The oh. Ares is a Renaissance class. It's little. It's like a little Enterpri- Enterprise D. It's like like little. It's like a a baby Enterprise D. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. It's real small though. Uh, there's no image of it on. <laughs> I see uh like a uh Elcar's read yeah. of it. What the hell? They don't make this. Is just all what fan the shit. hell? Anyway, um, so Picard sort of just assumes that Riker is going to take the position. Yeah, yeah. Everyone sort of is this the first time that this, this is, is coming the first up? Time this happens. All right, right. So they don't know about him yet. They're not. The, <laughs> Picard always seems to think he's going to take the position. Eventually, he's just like. I know you're going to think about this. <laughs> He's like, just take it. Get off my ship. Get off my bridge. But the idea <laughs> is that they're going into a completely uncharted sector that has uh, unconfirmed information about uh, like warp-capable species there. Yeah, so they're going to like do first contact shit. That would be fucking cool as shit. Hell yeah. And they chose Riker because of his ability as like, a diplomat, not like sure. his war power. Sure, why? I guess. Why not? He's good at everything. Riker's the best at everything, including having He's, facial hair. Including being mean to his dad, which I respect. Yeah, well, his dad's a piece of fucking shit, so... Yeah, I know. But, I know. basically, Riker has the time they're at this starbase to make his decision, which is like 12 hours. Yeah. And they happen to enter orbit around the space station, or the planet that the space station is at, anyway, the starbase. Right. They don't show it, so I assume it's a regular starbase, but I guess it could be on the planet's surface. I thought it was a starbase. How would I... I mean, I I don't know. I guess They just didn't have, like, the, the shit yet. It's season two, right? Pretty early. They didn't have any of that shit. Eventually, yet. like, in Deep Space Nine, when they show starbases, they just show, like... Earth space dock shrunk down. <laughs> they showed the like those little ones from like the games. Like they put them in the games. Then they're like those little ones that have like that weird like scoopy thing on the front. Oh yeah, I can't like describe it, but oh. yeah, it looks like a smally Earth space dock, like like much smaller. I absolutely love Earth space dock though. Oh, it's so. awesome looking, dude. It's fucking amazing. I love it's exploring cool. it in uh, t- in STO. Yeah, the, the sounds, like everything, there's like chatter and like the noises and shit, it's really cool. You can go to a tailor, there's a tailor yeah. shop on, on our star base. <laughs> you can go to the club, the club 87 yeah, or whatever. that place is and it's like, dope. There's like fucking techno aliens yeah, dancing in the hall, in the ballroom. Daft Punk is in there. <laughs> Dude, like alien Daft Punk, yeah. Uh, so they're in orbit around the planet that I guess the starbase is around, and we learn that a uh, civilian, like, strategic unit who knows something about this region that the Ares is headed to is going to be briefing Riker about the Ares mission. Like, he's coming, they're coming aboard, and they're going to brief him about it. Who could it be? Yeah, it's his fucking (laughs) shithole of a dad, Kyle Riker. It's me, Kyle. Cut anything with my chin, Riker. (laughs) 
here's the thing about Kyle Riker. Will says it's been 15 years. Yeah. Like since I saw you and excitement isn't the correct emotion. Um, what we're not, what like that doesn't convey to us at that moment that we learn as time goes on is that he, that means he hasn't seen his father since he abandoned him. They haven't seen each other since. Yeah. And like, he plays it real cool for like, yeah, how shitty this is. Like I would be like, Oh fuck! I wouldn't. I would be like, I'm leaving. Could you? Imagine, I'm gonna go take the Aries now. <laughs> could you imagine the cojones it would take as a father to abandon your son at age 13 and then show up 15 years later and be like, "Hey, son, wanna play catch?" Yeah. Well, he's like, "You've done well for yourself." He's like such a prick. Like he's just a dick face and like. It's all under this, like, later, like, we find out it's all, like, under this, like, guise of, like, he was pushing him, and it's like, yeah, dude, like, you can do that and not abandon me. Yeah, <laughs> like, you didn't push him for, from yeah. age 13 he did until 28. He did it. You didn't push right. him at all. <laughs> he pushed himself. He did it. Nobody else, he, like, Kyle Riker didn't do it. He, and like, Will Riker did. Will's like, well, I gotta attend to my duties, send a security yeah. team to escort the... This- this man or whatever, yeah. yeah. This piece of shit to his room. Dude, you he- like you hear it and you're like, whoa. And the audience goes, ooh. And then Kelly Bundy comes on and they all go, ow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we cut to the hero of the story, Wesley Crusher. <laughs> And he's he runs up to Worf, and he's like, Worf, did you hear about Raker's promotion? Did you hear about his dad showing up? Did you hear about yeah. my first pube? He's talking to Worf like they're, like, school chums. It's like, dude, this dude doesn't give a fuck about your teenage bullshit, dude. He's like, could you imagine if your dad showed up like that? And Worf's like, I did not know I my never, father. Yeah, I never knew my father, yeah. And he's like, but what if it happened? What if it happened? Would you get, would he you ball Enough! And he, like, screams at Yeah, him. and then he walks off, and everybody That's in the great. audience is like, yes. Punch him, rip his throat out. Tear him apart, Worf. Eat his intestines. Uh, back in engineering, this is when we learned Jordy LaForge lied about his ego not being bruised. Yeah. Because he's like, you guys, you guys don't have to check over this, because I've already done it! Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he needs to just like learn how to like take out, take off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's, I'd be he's like, kind whatever, of a man. Like he really is. Yeah, I definitely would just be like, okay. I mean, it would suck though. Like if if you're him and like you came back and like they fucked up your shit, I'd be fucking pissed. Oh I'd yeah. Like, okay, this fucking he, sucks. But he's got like chewing gum holding shit together back there. He doesn't <laughs> want them to find that, right? <laughs> they think I'm this great engineer. I've just been chewing this gum. Like, I, I, the warp core is, like, 12 AA batteries, like, strung together. <laughs> like, I don't want them to find that. Yeah, if they find out that that's all it is, we're screwed. <laughs> I've just been making engine noises with my mouth for the past month. <laughs> the- <laughs> Nobody notices because I have this visor on. I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, but I don't know. But, uh, fucking... Wesley's like, oh, Worf's being weird. And LaForge is like, yeah, he's yeah. a fucking Klingon. I'm a racist. 
Yeah, mm. there's kind of a little bit of that, like, who knows Klingons, am I right? <laughs> it's like, what? Am I right, guys? <laughs> this this other race sure is weird, right? <laughs> and then Data, Data looks at him and is like, he does, like, cut it out. He does the, no, no, don't do that. He does, he does that move. He does the Joey Gladstone yeah. cut it out? Cut, yeah, he does the, the throat, <laughs> like, don't. Like, don't... You can see it. I'm doing it right now. He don't keeps, do that. He keeps smiling in this episode, and I'm like... They could have. They should have explained that a little bit. Like, he's trying to seem personable or something. Data does? Yeah, Data smiles a bunch in this episode. I never noticed it. I don't notice it. I noticed it. I kind of just, like... I watched this episode when I was, like, laying down on a tablet, and I was, like, zoning out a little bit. The president was getting impeached today, so I was like, yeah. eh. Well... <laughs> It's it's being set in motion, thankfully. Yeah, Hopefully yeah, that happens yeah. soon. Yeah, that'd be great. Fuck you, Trump. <laughs> anyway, um... <laughs> Fuck you, Dad. Fuck you, Trump. <laughs> back in ten... Fucking Trump is not my dad. Jesus Christ. Could you imagine? No, I'm saying both Could you imagine them. how Fuck. fucking weird I would stand? I mean, <laughs> it's like part of your genetics, apparently. Could you imagine how much of a turkey gobbler I would have in my 20s? <laughs> anyway, um... Uh, back over in Ten Forward, it turns out that Riker and O'Brien are like best friends. Yeah, O'Brien's in this one, and I always forget that. And I'm always like, "All oh, right, they, they they're cool." The thing about the sh- the thing about any episode of TNG that has O'Brien in it is that he delivers like five lines, and they're, and they're great. so good. Yeah, they're all good. It's no wonder they were like, "Get this dude on a fucking show," yeah. right? Like. Like, he's way better than the bit yeah. parties playing right now. Yeah, he's better than Pulaski. He's better He's better than a lot of people, yeah. especially, the, you know, in this episode. But O'Brien Pulaski. is trying to guess what's wrong with Riker. He's like, yeah. uh, is it uh, drugs, alcohol, rock and roll? <laughs> Does your dick have space chlamydia inside of it? He's like, oh, it must be family, huh? Oh, and then he says some weird line about you can't pick your family. Yeah, he says you can pick your friends and you can pick your enemies, but family, that's in the stars. It's in the stars. You can pick your nose, but you can't pick your family. You can't pick your family's nose. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Kyle Riker comes in and he's like greeting all these people. They're like, oh, Kyle, my hero. (laughs) I love how you abandoned your son. (laughs) Duke from G.I. Joe is here. Cool. (laughs) Uh, Pulaski comes in and comes up to him and like fucking kisses him and hugs him. Yeah. And Riker's like, they know each other. And O'Brien's like, no kidding, we know each yeah. other, but we don't do that. Yeah, that's such a good line. <laughs> uh, Wesley, uh, Data, and Jordy like form like a fucking Hardy Boys crew to figure out what's yeah. wrong more. <laughs> Yeah, what's wrong with our friend? And like, I like that they just like decide Warp is their friend. Like, this is the episode where they're like, okay, Warp is people's friend. Here's like, the thing as well: let's just they make decide Warp the is their friend in the first part of this episode, and then in the yeah. second part, they decide he's their family. Yeah, it goes real quick. Maybe that's where all the new Star Treks got that shit from. Maybe it's so they were fast. Just like, they're like, you remember the guy who became security chief because the other one got slapped to death. By a tar He's monster. our family now. <laughs> yeah, he's part of our family for sure. So Dr. Pulaski and Kyle Riker are making weird old people googly eyes at each other. Yeah, their dusty v- private parts are slowly lubricating for each other. <laughs> but uh, he tells 
Will tells his dad, like, oh, I'm ready for my briefing, you old fucking piece of shit. And then he leaves. Yeah. That's right. And Pulaski's like, let's fuck. <laughs> yeah. She does say that. I remember. They don't even they don't even bleep it. They it's do crazy. bleep it. It's actually the longest bleep in history. She's like, she says fuck like super yeah, it's crazy. And her mouth, she's just mouthing the word fuck, like, super slowly. Yeah, and it zooms in on it, too, like, really slow, like, Tim and Eric style, it zooms in. <laughs> just cuts in. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Kyle Riker and Pulaski have, like, a whole conversation about their, like, past relationships that I didn't pay attention to. Yeah, you get, like, some background or whatever the it fuck. It turns out that fucking know. Pulaski has had three husbands who she divorced. She's bones, dude! She's fucking bones! She, she takes a swig of her fucking drink and she says, All they left me were my bones. All they left me were my bones. All, all my osteoporosized bones. <laughs> She says she's still friends with all of her exes, ex-husbands, and Kyle's like, yeah. like us? And she's like, no, my ex-husbands knew what their feelings were, you stupid idiot. Whoops! That dude's stepping on landmines. But, uh, she, like, <laughs> kind of, like, digs into him a little bit, but then later she takes up for all of the shit he did and refuses to hear anything bad. Yeah. Yeah. She hey, did you know like that your dad that, almost died once? That takes. So that means it's okay. Yeah. It's okay because he almost died. It's all right. Yeah. It's okay that he was, he almost died. So you should be like not mean to him because that's what this is really about. You're yeah. being mean to him. You're the one who's at fault here right. for not. He's a baby. You need to baby him. You need to treat him like a big baby. <laughs> you know. Even if we is had, it bleeding through? Is it bleeding through that we yeah, don't like our dad? I was yeah. I was gonna take a step away from that for a moment yeah. and explain that even if we didn't have negative relationships with our fathers, this is still shitty writing. Yeah, it's it's shitty. Yeah, it's like lazy, right? It's creating a conflict out of like people uh, dismissing logic. Yes. Like, it's like logically, all emotion. Yeah. Is like Spock right. would be like, "You people are stupid. Are being what are illogical, you doing?" Yeah. The only one who really kind of, like, like sticks up for Will is D Diana. Diana. Like, she, like, comes in and kind of, like, tries to crack the nut. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she kind of, like, psychoanalyzes him a little bit. But it's a little bit later. Uh, before any of that happens, we return to our very interesting B-plot where Worf yeah, is best. sad. <laughs> He's... Nobody knows how Klingons get like that. Who knows what they're thinking? Who, they're Klingons? crazy. Fucking ridgeheads? Who knows? We've only been around them for like a century. God only knows what they could be possibly thinking about. So he's just staring out at space with his arms crossed, being Worf. Yeah, and it's you not know any what's funny different. is that this episode Worf is Deep Space Nine Worf for the whole time. Yeah. Well, Deep Space Nine Worf is like much more older and like way more annoying. I'd say he's, he's Deep so Space cranky. Nine Worf is more annoying. Yeah, he's whiny. Um, he's, he's like whiny. Data's like, Worf's probably just lonely. We should go over there and be friends with him. And Jordy's yeah. like, you go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. This is, I'm getting a bad feeling about this. He's like, Worf, <laughs> your friends love you. And we're worried about you. And we want to hang out with you and talk about the good times. Yeah. And the better times. 
And uh, Worf says, with all due respect, be gone! It's great. It's so good. And Data, like, fucking backs away from it. Yeah, it's awesome. Worf seems to value his solitude. Yep. Well, he tried to warn you. Jordy was, like, pretty much being like, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Will Riker goes back to his his quarters and starts looking at holla photos. Yeah, of Alaska and his dad and a fish. They're oh, fishing. Alaska looks pretty cool, actually, because it's got these fucking, like, geodesic domes all over it. Makes sense, right? It's fucking, like, I'm assuming that the climate has, like, fixed itself by now. God, and, here's like, hope, it's probably, right? Oh, they have the weather thing, right? They have, like, yeah. the weather system, so, like, it's probably fine. So it's probably fucking cold as shit again up there, like, crazy cold. Gotta get your dome one. Yeah, live in a dome. A geodesic dome. <laughs> um, Worf comes in, and he's like, oh, I've got something to say... Uh, but I don't know what how to say it because I'm a dumb old Klingon. I this is my one of my all time favorite parts of the show, and like I guess that means this episode's kind of okay because like this part rules. But I love this part. What, what do you love about this part exactly? I love because he's like, like you can tell like they really are friends. Like they're friends, right? Like Worf and oh, Riker yeah. are like friends. Like. Worf has this deep, abiding respect for Riker. Yeah. Like, he doesn't say it in this scene, but he wants to go with him because he respects him so much. He No, he says it. He says, I want to go with you. And then yeah. Riker's like, I don't know if I'm going. And, he, and then he says, whatever you do, I'm sure you'll make the right decision, right? And yeah, like, it, Worf also wants to die in battle because he doesn't feel yeah. like a Klingon. He feels like a shitty yeah. like Starfleet bitch. Yeah. He wants to be, which a, also comes up later many yeah. times. He wants to be like a cool warrior Klingon, like all the the cool books he read. <laughs> yeah, well, he gets to do that later in his life, so yeah, he'll have plenty of that ahead. <laughs> but Riker pretty much cuts him off. He's like, it would be honorable to die in battle, and he's like, Worf, yeah. enough. Yeah, we're not gonna do that, right? Like he's like, we're not yeah. gonna die in battle. And Worf's like, I'll know you will do the right thing, and Will just kind of stands there, like, what the fuck was that the about, fuck, dude? I love it though, because it's like, like Riker is like the closest thing to a Klingon that Worf has, and like Worf has this like captainy respect, like like he's like his crew, right? Like, and you get a sense like how Klingons are, like there's just captains who are like. They like their crew are like they're like pirates almost like they love their captain. Oh right? yeah, and I mean you get that with Martok and his crew. Yes, later like with on Martok well. for sure. Yeah, they fucking yeah. love Martok. Like They'll that, follow they him into anything. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Worf respects Riker because Riker has this like control that Worf doesn't have. This like. Right. He's also like a brilliant strategy. Guy. He's like cool, right? Like he just he has like yeah. style. Like he's just very like charismatic and like you want to be around that guy right you want it's, him it's, it's very much ship. like the the klingons that like Worf read about like the the warriors who were right. always one step core, ahead, right yeah core and and uh kang and koloth kang, yeah all those dudes all those old pieces of shit and then kang turns into like a lunatic who has dementia <laughs> Kang is, my, Kang is one of my favorite Klingons. I fucking love Kang. I love when he's losing it, and you're, you're like, oh god, Pop-Pop's off his meds. 
Um, so Will Will finally goes to the uh, the briefing where he meets his dad, and his dad's like, "We're finally alone." And Will's like, "Just give me the briefing." He gives him like a like a disc or whatever, like a, a flash drive, and he's like, "You could have just sent this to me. Like you just transmitted it to me." Yeah, he's like, "But I wanted to talk, and I've heard such yeah. great things about you." And Will's You've like, done well "Why haven't yourself. I heard from you?" Yeah, and then he starts. That's when the scab gets picked. That's when you're like, "Oh God, here we go." Kyle does this like basic bullshit 101. Like, yeah. barely a band aid type thing where he says, Well, there's no manual for being a parent. You just right. have to wing it. Right. And it's like, Yeah, but yeah, you were really bad at it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you you literally stopped. You gave yeah. up. That's you the worst didn't. thing you can do. Yeah. He brings up will's dead mom and will breaks the fuck out he's done that's that's the tipping point yeah he's like she was my wife and it's like what like you can't quantify that shit man like and that's like that super freudian shit where it's like your mom is like your dad's wife or your dad's like whatever you know like relation like like they're not yeah, like it's that like whole back and forth happens like a little bit later a little Just bit like, later yeah they set it up here though where yeah well he's yeah. straight up like I'm here with my hand out and Will just fucking leaves he doesn't say a word yeah. he's done yeah. and I don't know I feel I wish that like one show in history would be like you know what you don't have to keep interacting with the toxic person in your life right They they're not changing they're making you change which like from my point of view, like, why do I have to be the grown-up? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you, like, 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 Kyle Riker was never the grown-up, ever. And they like, kind of talk had, about that later. I've had conversations with, like, dozens of people who've had, like, negative experiences with any of their parents. Yeah. And we all end up talking about how TV and movies refuses to allow you to not reconcile with your shithole of a parent. No matter how bad they yeah. were to you. You have and to in reality, reconcile. most people don't. Like a lot of like most it's people better just don't. Or not to. Is what the is thing. there to say? What like what is there to do and say? Right? Like, oh, it's fixed now. Like, no, it's not fixed. You can't fix this. There's no fixing that. There's no fixing abandoning your kid. No, that, you, there's no way. The only way to fix it is to time travel back and right. not abandon your child. Don't do that. Right, and then somehow be good at or be better. It, it's it's this whole thing where you like I don't know. It's like a fool me once situation. You know what I mean? Where you can be like, you could call, you could go and be like, okay, I'm like kind of okay with it, and then like something else happens, or like like typically nothing changes, and you're just like mad about it again in like a couple of years, right? Like. Yeah, That's I mean, the reality. Like, I had a real, friend like, whose, like, mother was, like, a drug addict. Yeah. And she came back to visit. It, my friend was a girl, and this was her mother. So mm-hmm. she came, her mom came to visit her, and, like, she hadn't seen her mom in, like, six years. Yeah. And her mom found out where she lived and came to visit her without telling her she was coming. Yeah, that's a terrible idea. And uh, she basically forced her way into her house, and when my friend tried to get her to leave, she, like, called her sisters and stuff who had, like, basically taken care of my friend. 
your right. whole life. And they're straight up like, no, you should let your drug dealer mom live with you. Right. And no, like, there's no she, way. Like, she had no. like track marks and shit in her arm right now. And she's like, well, I'll take you. My friend was like, I'll take you to like a rehab center. Right. And like, even her aunts were like, you're being horrible to her. Right. And I was like, it's you, crazy. you have to be kidding me. It's crazy. Like, that's the reality of like real life. And that's where like, maybe because this is Star Trek, right? Like, there's like... People are a little more in touch with their emotions. I mean, Riker's much calm, more calm than I would be about any of this. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like I would, I would have flown well, off the, the thing fucking is, handle. Like, Kyle Riker is like a now father. He's not like a right. Star Trek future father. He's like right, a, right. He's like a now shitty abandoning father. Right, right. But uh, yeah. we have we fucking have to sit through cutesy moments with Kyle and Pulaski over and over again. Yeah, I kind of zone out with that because like I don't give a fuck about. That's just, like, another, like, element to the story where they were like, we need to have more talking because there's not a whole lot of things happening in this episode. No, it's pretty much Riker and his dad have, like, an almost argument and then split apart and then someone puts their fucking nose in the business it doesn't need to be Yeah, in, and it and gets, like, repeats. put back together. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, Troy does it next, right? She talks yeah. to Kyle. She talks to Kyle, and, like, she she digs the fuck into him pretty heavily. Yeah, no, it's, this is pretty good. Like, this is this is why you marry Troy, right, later? Yeah. This is why you marry, because you're like, All right. She says, you want to be closer to him, and I'd like to help you, but, like, what do you want from him? Like, yeah. it seems like you're, tr- you're trying to force him to respect you and to accept you as something better than him and that's the only way you'll ever be happy right and she says respect is earned not bestowed which is like great it's perfect yeah and that's what that's what we're really talking about like in real life like people assume that you just have to respect these people and it's like that's not how respect works like i don't think people understand really how respect works even if like you're you're supposed to respect your family members automatically like that right. can be ruined like respect yeah, that can, can go be away. destroyed right absolutely and then you have to earn it back it's not just given right. back to you instantly it's not free yeah no and she says straight up like you're trying to compete with your own son what does that say about you right and, and he like, he sort of fucking storms off yeah he's like oh fucking i hate thoughts he's like my son will take the position on the aries because it's what i will do right and we're we're very similar that my like my dad has said similar things to me like that and it's like "Mm, yeah but like the big differences are the ways that i'm not the same as you you know what i mean like there's always gonna be some overlap between like family members no matter how much you wish there wasn't right right like it's just genetics right because my relationship with almost my entire family ain't great, so I don't right. try not to think about any of that. Yeah. But, like, Will and Kyle have certain things in common, but, like, they're completely different people. Like, Will right. would never abandon his own son. Right. And, like, yeah, like, I, Will I don't know. Will fucking maybe... takes in the space kid who tries to trick him into being his father. Right. <laughs> Yeah, never see never. him again, but you know, whatever. <laughs> that space alien baby or whatever, right? That yeah, like the like the kid who like yeah. uses his fucking psychic power yeah. to trick him. Like reads his brain. Um <laughs> basically 
we switch on over to Riker back in his quarters stewing. Yeah. And Picard comes in and starts asking him some... Uh, he's like, you got any questions about the mission? And they have this whole conversation about a Commander Flaherty. Yeah, he knows like 40 languages or something. Which is like filler, because it has nothing to do with... Yeah, it's like world building, kind of cool. Like, you kind of... It, it's kind of cool because like later you get Hoshi, and Hoshi can do that sort of similar type of thing, right? Like yeah. it's it's kind of like you kind of see like a pattern, but like it, this is meaningless. This is nothing, right? It has it has absolutely nothing to do with the story, but it is very much a world building thing. Yeah, you're like, oh, cool. Always tries to slip in. Yeah. This time around, this is kind of the only moment of it, so it really sticks out. Yeah. Um. However, like. <laughs> Kyle won't fucking leave his son alone, so he comes in and Picard's there, and they have this conversation that makes Will, like, visually uncomfortable. Yeah. And Kyle gets Picard to leave, and they have this conversation about, like, Will doesn't want to take this assignment because it's what his father wants for him. Right. Later on throughout the series, we learn that real, Will's real reason for staying is because he feels like he has a family here aboard the Starship Enterprise D. Yeah, I mean, it's great that he doesn't leave. I was thinking, like, in a time time perspective, like, if, if Riker leaves, the Federation probably falls, right? It's true. He's, Cause he's Picard like a linchpin throughout. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't for Riker, Picard would have stayed Locutus. So, yeah, we'd, yeah, we'd have all been fucked. It would have been fucked. So it's a good thing he doesn't go. Yeah, no doubt. But, uh, <laughs> Spoiler this, alert. This is when, like, the worst moment in the episode happens for me. Yeah. The moment that, like, makes Kyle absolutely irredeemable as a character. Yeah. Up until now, like... He's he's already been irredeemable because like you know that he left Riker to fend for himself at age thirteen or whatever age fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he Will says I've been I've been taking care of myself since I was fifteen. I don't need you. And Kyle says, "Spare me the pain of your childhood. I hung in for thirteen yeah. years. If that wasn't enough, it's just too bad." And then storms right. out. It's like ridiculous. Like, right? This it's man just... is a scumbag. Yeah, he's Lowest a piece of, of shit. Low. Yeah, it's probably like super illegal what he did. Also, yeah, like abandoning sure. your child is like pretty fucking illegal. And, I don't know. Like I just don't know how the writer. Like the only thing that makes any sense to me about the writer of this episode is that he's a deadbeat dad. <laughs> Or he had one, and he just wanted to make... But but again, like, if he did have one, like, ending it on this happy... But it's, like, television. I guess you gotta... I mean, you have to, you is have the thing. To. Like, you There's, cannot yeah, introduce you a strained family relationship in a show and, right, and not have them it. reconcile. It's bullshit. It's, like, one of those stupid TV roles. And I hate it. I absolutely hate that. It, yeah, it, it's dumb. It creates an environment where, in the real world, if you don't reconcile with a family member who's like abused you or treated you horribly or whatever. Yeah. Everyone in your family and even people who aren't even related to you will think less of you and treat you badly. It's a, yeah, it's it. an it's an abusive relationship. I mean, that's what it is. That's it's like a it's gaslighting. It's like people are fucking gaslighting you. Yeah, it's absolutely like, what it is. They're like, "Well, maybe it's your fault." And it's like, "Or maybe it's their fault." <laughs> like 
I'm a child. This person is a grown up. Like, how it's, is it my fault? It's like <laughs> media has like brainwashed us into that. Yes, as well. it's the same thing with like uh, happy endings and like people getting together and shit. It's the reality is life is like really, really complicated. Yeah, and nothing is not, as simple as like a thirty yeah. minute like or right. an hour long drama on TV. Like things don't work that way. Right. And sometimes it is better to cut someone out of your life if they're toxic to you, regardless of whether you share the same blood or not. Right. There's no rule that says like you have to like suffer their bullshit. Like, like that's crazy. Like I share ninety nine point nine percent of my DNA with chimpanzees. Like am right. I supposed to be like <laughs> family right. with them as well like right oh. exactly exactly <laughs> it's like there's really not that much difference between my blood and a complete stranger's blood like yeah it's yep strange it's also strange to me like family dynamics are very strange to me i agree i think that's why we get along so well because i think we kind of see that because i think that also like family isn't a lot, a lot like this episode like family isn't like necessarily just your family it's also no. people you decide you want to be your family who have earned your respect and your trust i find that As, a lot more meaningful like yeah family like o'brien says you don't choose your family it's just given to you you have no right. choice in the matter but you can right. choose who you care about and who you have in your life yeah that's important and even if TV won't give you the okay for it, the Trek boys will give you the okay. Cho yeah. Pick and choose who you want in your life. What's best for you? Yeah, don't don't feel like you have to like do something. And I, I from personal experience, like people are always like, "Well, you should," or "This," or "You should." This is the way it should be. Yeah, like lots of fucking things should be some way, right? Things should be lots of ways that are bad. Sometimes but they just aren't. They just aren't. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> back at engineering, Jordy um, is like, he's starting to get nervous, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he's starting to be that perfectionist Jordy that we all know. Like, oh shit, what if they found, find something wrong in what I did, right? Right. right. And Data's like, ah, oh, no, nah, that's not going to happen. And they start having like a little conversation about the diagnostics that they've done, uh, but none of that's as important as Wesley's life. We have Wesley's to care about back. Wesley. <laughs> He's like, guys, guys, I spent all night studying my fucking books, my nerd books. I couldn't remember the thing he was talking about. The fucking I don't remember. I like the Klingon Age of Ascension. Yeah, I forget the names of the books, but anyway, it's like Klingon bullshit, and he's like, <laughs> it's the 10th anniversary of Worf's Age of Ascension, and you're supposed to celebrate the 10th anniversary yeah. with a ritual where you get stabbed in the nipples. <laughs> with, with tasers. So with they, cattle prods. <laughs> so they decide to do a holodeck simulation of the Age of Ascension 10th anniversary ritual, which apparently doesn't have a name. Yeah, it's just the, uh, whatever. Age of Ascension, ten years. A look back at all the good times. <laughs> all I can wonder is, like, what did he do on his Age of Ascension? I think they do the same shit. Yeah, but he didn't know any Klingons. Oh, yeah, maybe he... Uh, 
I think do they talk about it with his with his family? Don't they talk about something? There's some references. I'm, I'm sure there is. Probably. And there's, I'm, I don't know. There's a lot of like from an outside looking in. I don't understand like stepchildren relationships. Yeah. Because like I've I've never been a stepchild, so I don't understand them. I'm a but, redheaded. So I'm not a stepchild, but I'm a redhead. <laughs> so I know like half. Everyone of it. knows Josh, but uh, <laughs> are you sure? Do they need proof? <laughs> um, Worf, whenever he talks about his father, he's like, "I never knew my father" or whatever. I'm like, "What about fucking Sergey Rashinko, motherfucker? Yeah, he was your father. Engines and shit. He loves the shit out of you, man. Yeah. But I don't like. I said I don't know the stepchild relationship. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure the Rashinkos took care of him and like gave him his age of ascension and everything. Yeah, I'm sure they. Who fucking knows? Found some Age of Ascension like Discovery Zone, <laughs> like they Chuck E. Cheese, <laughs> where you just get like stabbed with fucking cattle prods when you're like ten years old or whatever. <coughs> Shit, <laughs> you're like um, totally sixteen, and there's let's go to Chuck E. Cheese Age of Ascension, and Chuck E. Cheese is like, "Welcome, warrior. Welcome, Patak." <laughs> just fucking gawk everywhere. Oh, fucking gog on your pizza. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, Riker, being a real, like a much better guy than me, goes to apologize to Pulaski for asking her anything about her personal life. Or yeah, he's pretty nice about it. And she's like, even if it involves your father, and he's like, even then. Yeah. And then she tells the stupid fucking story about like twelve years ago he. Yeah. Almost died. He, he fought he, the like, Tholians because the Tholians are fucking terrifying. Yeah, and he, they're they like, like crazy. He was the only one at the starbase who didn't die because he had such a fucking fight for his life or whatever. And Will's fight like, for your life. That song played while he's rehabbing. And and Will's like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's like, yeah. yeah if I was I, Will, I would have been like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> Did I ever tell you? About, did I ever tell you? Okay, so my dad had like a heart attack when I was like eighteen, nineteen, maybe twenty. I don't remember, but he had a heart attack like on a ladder, and the ladder broke, and it stabbed him in his lung, and it punctured his lung. So like he told me this like later, like after the fact, like at, like a couple days later, and I like laughed. I went what? Because it was like a ridiculous ass fucking story, it's, right? It's like a fucking accident like, that happens to he, like goddamn yeah. like a silent movie actor. It was like a Home Alone script. I was like, wait, what? And he was like, well, he was, like laughing. And I was like, I was like, what you just said is absolutely insane. I was like, Bonkers. did you did you want me not to laugh at that? Like you told me like it was just like this happens all the time when people have heart attacks they just puncture their lungs like what yeah he was trying to fucking fix the clock on big ben and he tripped and <laughs> punctured his and he, was holding, he was holding onto the hand and then was moving yeah. um so Riker being like oh god like i i mean why does he i don't know i would be like Riker's right. a better person than us i guess i'd have been like yeah who cares <laughs> um but Pulaski's like, I would have married him first chance I got. And, yeah. Um, his career, and she's like, but he had another priority. And Will was like, yeah, his career. And Pulaski says, Will, if you're going to take that command on the Aries, you should probably get rid of all that emotional baggage before you board. <laughs> it's like, what? And the audience is like, ooh. 
It's like, what are you talking about? If what I was you Will, I would have been like, Pulaski, why don't you fucking butt out? This has nothing yeah. to do with you. Yeah, I'd be like, you don't know anything. You didn't even like, marry him. I'd have been like, you didn't even fucking marry him, dude. I would have been like, look, Dr. Pulaski, you got fucked by my dad a couple times. This, You have no place in this conversation whatsoever. Oh, I would have gone for the jugular. I'd have been like... This dude is so fucked up, he met another love of his life and couldn't even marry her. I'd be like, that's how fucked up this guy is. And you're going to sit here and tell me to get rid of my emotional baggage? I had a fucking wrecked her I'm day, going, dude. What about your emotional baggage, Pulaski? <laughs> exactly. You're fucking pining after some dude who doesn't want you real You hard. sure you could be a doctor? I don't know. you got to have a lot of emotional baggage, Pulaski. Uh, <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. What? <laughs> Wesley, Data, and Jordy are figuring out their Age of Ascension ritual, and they find out they need to be using them pain sticks, which, <laughs> yeah. uh, as it turns out, is spelled P-A-I-N-S-T-I-K-S. Oh, they don't have the C anymore? It's super spacey. It's like pain sci-fi as fuck. Pain sticks. <laughs> <laughs> We've evolved past the need for the silent C. Jordy's like not on board right like he's real weirded out by the idea of like forcing pain on some dude for a dumb ritual yeah um really like everybody's very uncomfortable with this but the thing is they're you're not gonna kill him and it's like part of his heritage yeah they're klingons man they're like fucking hard as fuck like you're not gonna that <laughs> oh we don't get to the point yet where where o'brien talks about the thing's head exploding which is like so random <laughs> It's like such a random weird thing. We haven't got to that yet, but you, you're <laughs> right. Like Klingons shove each other, like shove pain yeah. sticks in each other's nipples, like all the time. They every evolved, holiday. They like evolved to be like brutal warriors. Yeah. Like they're just fucking hard as nails, dude. Dude, like every holiday, every bar mitzvah. Every yeah. fucking cookout, pain sticks to the genitals and nipples. Fun is painful for them. Like yeah. that's. That's what fun is to them. And the thing pain. is, like, it's a ritual that has to do with their, like, their heritage and their religion, you know? Yeah. Like, you gotta respect that shit. Especially yeah, it's when like, it's not hurting anyone except the guy who wants to get hurt in it. Yeah, he just wants his nipples super twisted off. Get, Yo, get over it. That's what pain sticks are. They just have, like, a robot hand that gives and you a purple nurple. Purple nurple. I gotta get me one of these pain sticks. Ugh. <laughs> I mean, what? Will Riker goes to talk to his real dad, Picard. <laughs> Finally. And he's like, uh, Picard's like, well, I can't tell you whether you should take the position or not. And I also can't tell you whether I think you should take the position or not. Right. That's all up to you. And he gives him sort of an A and B scenario. And he really does make A sound better than B. Mm-hmm. Although... For him, B is the best because he he says there's no substitute for holding the reins. Did you notice Patrick Stewart's really hamming it up in this episode? Yeah, he it's like he like knew he wasn't in it a whole bunch, so he's sort of like laying it on. He's real like yeah. upbeat, sort of. He's like he he like does the little dude. like like he's talking to a little kid. He goes shh. He does a little hand motion before yeah. he says there's no substitute for holding the reins. Yeah, he's real great. I love it. I love every second of it. 
<laughs> Riker says he needs some more time to decide. I guess it hasn't been 12 hours yet, which is super not very Star Trek-y, since they're usually like, oh, well, we got to travel to Omicron yeah. Percy I-7. It'll only take us <laughs> eight days. And then, like, the camera pans, and it's eight days later. Yeah, and they're like, Captain's log. It's eight days. Yeah, they, like, time jump. <laughs> but instead, this whole episode takes place in a night. One long night. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's, but on a spaceship. <laughs> oh, God, I'd watch the fuck out of that. <laughs> they do that in DS9. They fucking do that shit. Oh, yeah, they do. When they, they go do, to like, Tarak Nord. with Weekend at Bernie's. The, the uh, what is it called? The Fistful of Ferengi or whatever the fuck. The yeah. Name of it. It's the, the Magnificent Ferengi. The Magnificent, that's what it is. Yeah, that's they right. do it with uh, one of the Vorta. The Vorta, they turn him into a fucking Bernie's. <laughs> Um, this is when O'Brien gets asked if he wants to come. He's like, sure, I love being in shows. <laughs> They're like, O'Brien, you want to come to this, uh, this party? And he's like, oh, sounds interesting. <laughs> sure. I like Data is also a little out of character where he says, were I not a consummate professional and an android, I would find all of this very insulting. <laughs> Jordy's like, yeah, you tell him. <laughs> Dude, this episode's all over the place. <laughs> it's like all over the map, dude. It is wild all over the place. And then we get a nice little touching scene with Will and Deanna Troy. Yeah. Get and some love. They talk about... <laughs> their emotions and they're trying to kind of be a little professional or whatever but yeah will says like uh how do you really feel and she says oh, I, I can't feel your feelings the way i normally can do you feel sad mm -hmm. they both say they do and they hug and she cries and he holds back tears and it's beautiful yeah, and then they don't interact in this way except like twice for like six more seasons <laughs> Either they're, like, uh, fucking on the DL, or everyone just sort of is, like, uh, I guess we just kind of forgot about that really touching moment where basically we said we loved each other still. Yeah, that doesn't really whatever. matter for six seasons and three movies, and then yeah, they right. get married. We just got busy <laughs> with, like, the Borg and shit, so. This shit happens, man. Yeah, it's complicated. <laughs> Will heads back to his room, and, of course, Kyle is there being a fucking bugaboo. <laughs> Fucking call MCI and make my email stop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Holy nobody's shit. gonna get that joke. That's like a ridiculous <laughs> reference. Nobody's oh. gonna get that. Um, <laughs> but like Will, Will like lets him in his room, but he's straight up like, "Look, I want you off the ship. I want you off the ship, and I never want to see you again." Yeah, and. His dad's like, you're lucky there isn't an Anbo Jitsu space around here. I'll <laughs> kick your butt. I'm a part of Cobra Kai. I'll fucking kill you. And he and Will's like, well, actually, there's one on deck 13. You fucking wrinkle ball sack. You want to fight? <laughs> and you're like, oh man, this is gonna be like crazy cool martial arts match. Yeah, it's uh, gonna rule. But will it? Find out after these messages from our sponsors. 
After the festival, the ride back. The word for today is global. And global's got the one and the only Pee Wee at his playhouse, just for you. Good morning, girls and boys. I'm going through some of my toys. <laughs> hey, I'm a poet and don't know it. <laughs> you feel okay? And meet some of Pee Wee's friends. <laughs> Howdy, Pee Wee. Howdy, cowboy Colonel. Who keep the playhouse open? <laughs> yeah, I'm right in the middle of cleaning the Kiwi can make anything an adventure, even this. Too bad you're gonna miss all the fun. What fun? Vacuuming! It's like Christmas every week at Kiwi's Playhouse. Questions? So, listen to Pee-wee when he says... Global's got Pee-wee's Playhouse. That's right. Hey, that's me. <laughs> Saturday morning at 10. And we're back. It's what you've been waiting for, baby. The whole episode. The whole point. We didn't even say what collection this was. <laughs> oh, yeah. I announced it at the end of the last episode. But oh, nobody listens to more than one of these. So, <laughs> this is this is a sports collection, as suggested by uh, Jash Hondersan? And Jack Carpenter, I think, said it, too, at one point. I Probably. Give, that sounds give him like a, a Jack credit. Carpenter thing to me. Yeah, because he played for the Packers. He What? <laughs> Wasn't he on the practice squad? I think he was. Maybe. I don't know. He's, Did he's, I invent that? He's, he's I make a that strong, up? strong boy. I know that about him. He's good looking. Mm. But, yeah, he's a <laughs> handsome boy. Uh... <laughs> Will and his dad uh, challenge one another to an Ambo Jutsu match. Which is like all the fucking uh, karate's put together. Yeah, it is the, like, they call it the ultimate... Uh, martial art. Yeah, the, uh, the ultimate collaboration of all martial arts. And it's very slow, blind American gladiators. <laughs> It's very phallic, which I think is appropriate for this. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's a whole conversation about how men are stupid fucking Neanderthals. Yeah, we're children. This. Yeah, we're children, and that's why we're loved, but also why we're idiots. Um, and then they fight with big padded dicks. <laughs> I, I want to discuss, like, the like the constraints of this. Like, the rules or, like, how it's done when we get there. But first... Uh, Pulaski has a conversation with Kyle about how he shouldn't be like solving his problems with violence, but sure, she's mostly worried because he's like a million years old and <laughs> Will is gonna kick his ass. Yeah, she's like, I'm his doctor, and like that dude is like perfect. <laughs> like he's a Greek god, and you're yeah. like a melted wax candle of a man. <laughs> you're like a like a peep that was in the microwave for like five <laughs> seconds. You're like bloated and just dying and just sad. Well, uh, Pulaski, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Pulaski goes to meet Jordy, Data, uh, Wesley, and O'Brien, who's also there for some reason. <laughs> I'm here. It's me, O'Brien. Tallura. At the, uh, at Worf's friends. <laughs> God, it's a good impression. I thought he was here. It's him. It's Cole Meany. Cole hey, Meany. Hey, Welcome, Colm. Tallulah. <laughs> <laughs> Counselor Troy brings Worf 
uh, to the holodeck, and Worf is just being a big fucking baby about it. He's like, like what are we doing? <laughs> so I'm at the end of my patience, counselor. Uh, I cannot be bothered to walk down this hallway. He's, like, so annoyed. <laughs> it's like, dude. She's like, I'm gonna leave you, and you go inside this holodeck. And he's like, Ugh. He's like, aren't you coming? And she's like, nah. <laughs> I got other stuff to do, like complain about my ex-boyfriend. Totally not gonna go watch you get nipple twisted, bro. <laughs> uh, but the uh, his family, the characters he loves the most, Data, O'Brien, Wesley, Pulaski, and Jordy... <laughs> Have uh, Katrina a- Scruffy <laughs> have set up a, a bunch of Klingons in a row holding pain sticks on two raised yeah. platforms. Yeah, so they all had to make up these. Cl- there's like oh, like eight of them, ten of them. Some I don't know how many. I think there's eight of them. They had to put eight Klingon makeups on dudes. Yeah, for this, it's obvious. Like none of uh, they're hardly shown in close up because it's the there are two different types of Klingon makeup. Yeah. They have the one that's like meticulously put on, like the Michael Dorn style, and yeah. then they have a forehead appliance attached to a wig that they attach to the eyebrows, and that's it. Right, and it's like a kind of looks like a Yeti or like a Sasquatch or something. Pretty much. But Worf goes through this whole fucking ordeal where he walks between them, and every every two of them shove pain sticks into his nipples twice. And he screams and says some stuff in Klingon every time. He's supposed to say his fears or something, right? What his he's most true afraid feelings. of. Oh, his true feelings. Okay. Yeah. So we don't know what he's fucking saying. Cause I, I mean, no. is he speaking real Klingon? I don't know. I don't know Klingon. I, I like to I'm think I'm not a he super is. nerd. <laughs> yeah, I would like to think he is too, right? You but would like, learn Klingon if you could. I would absolutely learn Klingon. I would love. I've I've said it before, but I would love to learn Cinderin, the Elven language. Oh God, that would be great. We could speak Cinderin. That would be fucking amazing. That'd be rad. But uh, Worf basically like pa- almost passes out at the end, and he's like, "Ugh, ugh, I finally got my nut." Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> he comes back in like several more times. <laughs> To do that me, again. He goes again, again, again. He goes computer save program. <laughs> um, but Pulaski's like real busy today, so she goes to talk to Deanna, and they have this whole conversation about how male humans are barbaric and violent, and they never seem to grow up. But that makes them super sexy. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was yawning because it's like really late. But uh, yeah, no, yeah, like yeah, they're like they're like they're like children. That's why we like them. But also, fuck man, and you're like, all right, all yeah, right, nineties. That's, that's true, I guess. <laughs> all right, nineties surface level television yeah. feminism. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so. This is our first and uh, only view of Ambo Jutsu. Yeah, the sport of kings. It takes place in like an octagonal type of. It's actually just a big circle inside of an octagon. But it has a sweet like, like kanji in it, which yeah, I don't know. It has what a giant kanji on the floor. Which I think it says is, like radical. <laughs> <laughs> it probably says like gaijin on it. Uh, uh. Honky. <laughs> 
And the way it's played, you dress in paintball gear. Yeah. That, that is painted either white or red, like you're a chess piece. Sure. Like you're a checker. Yeah, like checkers. Like the game checkers. And uh, you have an American Gladiator staff. But it also has a light on the end of it that like yeah. senses where you are or something. It's like a sensor. I think it senses the other person. Yeah, so it senses like where they are. So you can't see, but you have to hear it or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, which is really fucking stupid, but... Yeah, why don't you just, like, not do that part? Like, <laughs> just fight, like, with a stick. And it doesn't like, work well because they point it at each other and it's, like, going fucking wild for ages before either of them moves. Yeah, it's like they have to, like, be respectful or something. It's, like, sumo-esque almost. Yeah, it's, like, a, it's like all of the things put together. It's It's every martial art ever... Including American All put Gladiators. together, as long as you've only ever watched American ninja <laughs> movies. Yeah. It's pretty um, dumb. But Will they do cool flips. does not fucking pull his punches. He straight up starts the match by saying, you should have died instead of mom. Yep. That's, he's like a lot, dude. He's, he's fucking... Uh, Musashiing him. He's fucking getting in his head, dude. Psychological warfare is warfare, dude. Straight up harshest shit, like coldest shit Will Riker ever said to anybody. I'll you, old man. I'll put you in the damn ground. (laughs) (laughs) You better, I hope you bought a fucking double plot next to mom, because that's where you're going. (laughs) Say hi to mom when I fuck your life up, you fucking bitch. Which, like, he says that at one point, which, I again, was weird. Because it's like... <laughs> how it doesn't they fit that? the spirit of Star Trek very well. Yeah, he's like, damn. Pissed. He says, I must have got all my dick size from mom's side of the family. <laughs> but uh, Will, like, fucking wrecks his dad the first round, right? Yeah, he fucks And his dad up. comes back and uses the illegal move. Yeah, what's it called? It's here. Hold on, it's called... Hachidan uh, Kiritsu. Hachidan Kiritsu, you use the Hachidan Kiritsu? And you're like, oh, fuck, what the fuck does that mean? He's like, you cheated. And he's like, yeah, I did. Ha ha ha. That's how I always win. And he's like, you've been cheating my whole fucking life? Yeah. This is when Kyle Riker says, you didn't even know your mom. I knew her. I loved her. Yeah, he was like, you are a baby. My love for your mom is more important than your love for your mom. Yeah, that's how love works. On tears. Also, <laughs> I, I have no excuse whatsoever why I abandoned you, and we just stopped talking about it at this point, and it's I, never brought up again. <laughs> we'll just pretend that that was fixed because of reasons. Ta-da! They, Dads. <laughs> They're just arguing, this fucking hateful, virulent arguing. And then Kyle says, you know, I could talk to a room full of admirals, but I can't tell you how I feel. And Riker just stops. His whole demeanor changes instantly. And he says, well, how do you feel? Yeah. Kyle says, I love you. And then they hug, and everything's fine. Because he said the L word. So the dude gets caught cheating, finds out that he's been cheating against his son since he was 12 cuz he couldn't beat him when he was 12 how shitty is he at this sport <laughs> and then he's just like i love you and that's all it takes 
That's it. You say the L word, you can just leave. You can leave your son uh, yeah, in the middle of Alaska by himself at age 13. Yeah. But if you come back 15 years later and say you love him, it's fine. I'm telling you, man, Riker's going to go back to his quarters like two nights from now, maybe a couple weeks. He's going to be like, that motherfucker is an asshole. <laughs> I guarantee really? you, that's what a real human being would do. They'd be it, like, that guy is a motherfucking asshole. In my version of this script, after, like, he fucking, like, sits down in his chair at the end of the thing, they're like, uh, did you reconcile with your dad? And he's like, oh, fuck no. I just told him what he wanted so he'd leave. Yeah, I just wanted him to go. I saw, like, he, I caught him cheating at Ambu Jitsu. So, that's pretty dishonorable. I, just, I fucking, I let him <laughs> hug me so he would leave. Yeah, I just wanted to get it over with, because... I decided I was gonna stay, so I needed him to go. <laughs> yeah, he he comes back and he's he's like rejuvenated. Yeah, refreshed by his experience of being a TV son and forgiving his TV dad. <laughs> I'm a TV son now. <laughs> and he's Picard's like, oh, uh, what's what are you doing here, number one? And he says, oh, permission to return to my my fucking first officer position. Uh. Because of motivated self-interest, the best place for me to be is here. Yeah, this will happen five hundred more times. Yes, I like his so. like later times when this happens, where he tells Picard that he wants his job. It's the only job he'll take. Yeah, he. Uh, that's great. I think that's awesome, though. That's the really only cool. the only captaincy I want is of the Enterprise. Oh man. Yeah, I'm fucking him. I'm, I'm creeping up on you. <laughs> yeah, he's his real dad. Fucking one hundred percent. Picard is dad to all the best ones. Data, Riker, uh, Worf. Worf. He's a surrogate uh, dad for everybody. That kid in the turbo lift who, the, when they get stuck in the turbo lift. <laughs> yeah, those kids are also his family. <laughs> the girl is the only one who holds it together, and that one weird kid like eats glue or whatever. Yeah, he's definitely the eating glue kid. And then there's the super nerd who's like, I'm so afraid. He's just afraid. That was me. <laughs> oh, you mean in the show? Yeah, okay. in the show, yeah. <laughs> that no. was me. Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> was Picard Day. Do you celebrate Picard Day? <laughs> what day is it? Well, like, what day of the year? I don't so we remember. Know. I would. I want that fucking banner. Dude, <laughs> I would says, love like, to hang that banner up. Doesn't he have that somewhere else at some point? He, like, pulled... I think he, like, takes it out at some point. Like, they have it still. Maybe. I think there's a reference to it somewhere. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Maybe Here's it's in the, the trailer to Picard. It might be where I saw it. <laughs> Here's the thing. This episode is standard television. Like... Yeah. It is such a... It's such a standard television episode. It's... Yeah. There's something about, like, the late 80s and early 90s. They had this, like, hat that was at every... Stu it was like a box that you bought at fucking JCPenney. And on the side of it, it said, Episode Ideas. <laughs> and every studio had it. And you just, yeah. you'd reach into the box and pull it out, and it would be like, Reconcile with Shitty Dad. Yeah, like the... Uh I can't, I can't, you were saying, like, there aren't many episodes where that doesn't happen, but... Uh Fucking Beverly... Uh, fuck. Oh, my God. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, yeah. Well, It does fucking, the opposite. Yeah, that's not his that. real dad. 
No. His real dad is Uncle Phil. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, obviously. Well, yeah, it's like, that's the only one I can think of, and that's the one everyone yeah. remembers. That's because it's, like, memorable, yeah. Cause it's, it's like, like a like, fucking amazing episode. It's, it's great. the best episode of the show. Yeah. It's yeah. super emotional, and you feel for Will, and it super cements the relationship between Will and Uncle Phil. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, instead, you just get this fucking schmaltzy bullshit in this episode. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess it's fine because, like, he never comes back, so who cares, right? Like, who gives yeah. a fuck? But, like, I don't know, man. Like, did we, like, I know we, me and you kind of have a feeling about this, and, like, maybe we're not, like, the best <laughs> to, like, see yeah, this through like rose-colored glasses. This, like, yeah, like, we're not, like, oh, this is nice. Let's I will say, I will say in my own defense, this plot line didn't bother me. In the first couple shows that I saw it in. Right. Until I started seeing it in every single show that it starts to really bother me. <laughs> it What makes it suck is, like, like you're saying, like it, it's a one... There's only one way it can go, right? Besides yeah. the, the Beverly Hills... I keep wanting to say Beverly Hills. Uh, uh, Prince of Bel-Air, Fresh Prince. Like, besides that, like, you, you see, like, where it's taking you. And, like, once you see it once or twice, you're like, okay... It's just it's, it. it's hackneyed. It's just hackneyed writing. It's not good. It really, if we were doing like I don't know, like any other television show where this happens, I don't think I would be as aggravated as I am with this episode because his father is like probably the worst father on all of television. <laughs> like, yeah, he's pretty shitty. Like I can't think of a worse father. Cause like, yeah, it's not like he Will's abandons dad, him, right? Like the mom isn't there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's Will's horrible. dad abandoned his son, and his mom raised him. Like right. Riker, as far as I know, no one raised him. I mean, I guess it's like works because like it's the future, and like you just have a replicator make you food. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess like so. you could, the replicator was his dad. <laughs> literally, you could just be like chocolate cake, and it just gives you like appropriate chocolate cake. That is fine. You could yeah. eat chocolate cake for two years. Parents are redundant in the future. <laughs> God, that sounds great. It's it's just... He's like... It's at a comical level at this point, but the show treats it 100% seriously like it's the right thing to do. Yeah, it's it's a little bit ludicrous, if you ask me. Like, this is... It, it's crazy. Like, it's and a it, suspension it, expense of logic. It makes oh, no yeah. sense. It very much, like, skirts over... It buries the lead very heavily. Yeah. Because they mentioned twice in the episode that he's hasn't seen his father for 15 years, and they only mentioned once that he was abandoned at 13. Right, that's the story. Like, that's what that's what they should be talking about. Yes. And if they want to do some world building, if they want to get real gritty, like, they should be like, well, how did you, like you just said, like, how did you raise your, like, what did you yeah. do? How did you survive? So, he just like, went to school, ate fucking chocolate cake every day. <laughs> Very often when I talk to people about this episode, they're like, wait, he did what? He abandoned them when? Yeah. Because they only say it once in the entire episode. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, like shit must have been rough for little Riker. Did, did Benji feed him? Was Benji around? <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, David Asil who uh, we all know as the writer of the greatest episodes of The Love Boat. Yeah, oh yeah. Or Saint Elsewhere. Bow, bow, now, now, 
name? Is that St. Elmo's Fire? Am I mixing up my uh, 80s hospital things? Mm. Is St. Elmo's Fire a hospital thing? St. Elmo's Fire was a movie. It was about teenagers. Brat Pack, right? Yeah. The St. Elsewhere, the Elsewhere theme was... <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> no, yeah, that's right. You're right. Yeah. My cats are like, what the fuck are you doing? What is happening? Is that they're like, they're like holy shit, is it on? <laughs> they're like, Nightcore's on? I mean, St. Elsewhere is on? <laughs> Dude, oh, let's be God. let's be fair though. He also wrote episodes of Not Knots Landing. So, oh my God, all these drama '80s fucking stupid over the top television y shit. This could be one of those situations where I found out that the same person wrote the uh, episodes of TNG and Stargate SG One that are about a minority kidnapping a white woman and forcing yeah, her to marry him. Yeah, that woman who had clearly like a Harlequin romance yes. fetish. She I was wonder big into that. If you look at all the episodes David Aseel wrote, if they're all this episode of son forgives father for being shitty father and they reconcile. Well, we know a writer who already does that. JJ Abrams. Oh yeah. He's well, obs- fucking Kirk's dad's dead. He's obsessed with weird daddy issues and it's like makes me wonder like does he have weird dad? I mean, I think we all do, but like, does he have like legitimate? <laughs> I'm like ranking his dad issues, <laughs> but like, does he have like a serious like thing, or is this just like a he likes that type of I drama? I think it's a really easy plot line to yeah, it's super easy, right? It's so relatable. It's like it's the standard shit to the point where like if you play D and D and your character has a family member, the DM will cheaply murder them for drama. Yeah, at yeah. some point, Get there's no the way dad. around it. Yeah, yeah. And, and if like basic bitch ass D and D and D DMs are doing it, you probably shouldn't be doing it in your big Hollywood production. Right. If you're just like winging it and doing it like improv style. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> yes and my movie yes and uh vulcan has one moon now so i feel like we've we've talked this episode through um yeah, you folks know that we have a patreon right i knew that it's over at patreon.com slash class podcast and the reason i bring this up isn't just because i would like you to give us your money mm-hmm. which i would yeah, yeah. The reason I to replace up, our long lost dads. <laughs> if I have enough money, I'll feel like my daddy loves me. Yeah, if, I mean, pretty much. <laughs> um, <laughs> over the past month or two, over on the M Class Discord, they've been having these little competitions, these little tournaments for every Star Trek show to figure out who the hottest character on each Star Trek program is. Yeah, if you, I been, was, we've been a part of a few of them, like on the Discord ourselves. Where, oh yeah. Heated debates. Heated. Sometimes people get mad. Sometimes people sling some mud, but it's sometimes all good fun. sometimes we get a little upset. Sometimes Josh throws a chair, but it's I've, fine. I've been known to throw a chair, throw a chair about the hot, the hot quiz. <laughs> but at the end of all of the debating, we ended up with a list of I believe twenty four hot hot hotties. Yeah, so it's like males and females are bracketed. 
I don't know how the final one's going to be. Are they going to be against each other? Like- yes, it's male versus female in the final one. Okay. And uh, the way... There's a tournament of for voting. Let me start a, f- a few seconds ago. Forget I said all that, because it's not getting edited out. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. Now that we have that list of 24 of the hottiest hotties, the hottiest hotties. <laughs> Alpha hotties or whatever we're calling in the, them. In the Star Trek universe, we're doing a tournament. Yeah! It's exclusively on Patreon.com slash podcast for Hell patrons yeah. $1 and up. Every day for the month of October, you will be able to vote on one matchup of male characters and one matchup of female characters to figure out who the hottest Star Trek character of all time is. Oh, man, this is going to be so good. I wonder who it's going to be. I bet you I know. It's got to be the alpha hottie. I don't want to say, but I have predictions. Don't influence the votes. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. This is not 2016. Do not influence <laughs> the votes. Uh, maybe uh, maybe I uh, don't give your country some missiles. <laughs> <laughs> you got to head over to patreon.com slash podcast and become a patron today. For $1 a month, you get access to the Discord, you get a ton of free wallpapers, and you get any podcast that goes past its expiration date for other patrons at higher tiers will eventually be available for $1. What? But uh, also, you get to be a part of the M-Class Podcast Alpha Hottie Tournament to find out who the hottest Star Trek character in the universe is. Please vote... To help me figure out who I want to fuck. <laughs> yes, other people should be determining this for you. I have to. I have to know. I gotta figure yeah. it out, and you can help. Yeah, help me. The, the fate of the sexiness of the Star Trek universe is in your hands. Yeah, we'll do a fan dance, each of us. <laughs> Well, also, uh, it's a good time to hop on board the M-Class Discord because the day this episode comes out that you're listening to right now, there will um, be an M-Class email available a week early. Oh, my God. We haven't even done that yet. We haven't even done it yet. But they've already got it. What the fuck dimension are you we You could in? have already listened to it. You could have listened to that, that one first, which we haven't even done yet. You're like a fucking, fucking time traveler, dude. Quantum science over here, folks. It's like, yeah, like string theory or some shit. That's five S- bucks a month can get you that shit. Yeah, string cheese. <laughs> get string theory cheese. Delicious. And we haven't forgotten you patrons, but on the next week when M-Class email comes out. What? It's been missing for a couple months, but now it's back, baby. It's what? Jeff and Josh Shoot the Shit, a we, podcast about everything unrelated to Star Trek. We did that already. We already did that one. It's about yeah. fantasy. It's awesome. We ramble on about awesome fantasy shit. We talk about how much we love all types of fantasy and every fucking cool thing you love we talk about as long yeah. as it has to do with fantasy. And it's like an hour and something long. It's we would have really- kept going. Like We just would have kept talking. It was crazy. I imagine there's going to be a follow-up to that soon as well. So it's a great time to get on board for patreon.com slash podcast. You get free podcasts that you pay for. You get free (laughs) shit that you pay for. Yeah. And you can find out who the alpha hottie is alongside Hell yeah. Hell yeah. 
So get on board that. Uh, if you'd like to take part in our little program called M Class Email, you can shoot us an email at uh, mclassemail at gmail.com and we'll read your messages on our other program, which we're going to do after this one. Yup. And yep. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at M Class Podcast. Yeah, and you can follow uh, each of us, Jeff. What is yours? I know it, but I don't want to say it for you. <laughs> it's uh, at underscore Jeff Pennington. There you go. And mine is at Henderson1983. And uh, we're both very active Twitterers, and we're uh, we're using the M-Class uh, Twitter a little bit more lately. There's a cool countdown of the best bags Odo has turned into happening yeah. right now. It's ridiculous. I can't believe he turned into all those bags. Dude, he's turning into some real sexy bags lately. The one where it's just a Ziploc bag with binoculars in it? That's crazy. <laughs> I get to turn into that? So he can see the criminals, dude. Of course. He's gonna, he's they never so see that coming. Like, yeah. if I was walking down a hallway if I was a criminal... And I saw a Ziploc bag with some binoculars in it. I wouldn't even think twice. I would be like, that's kind of weird, but whatever. <laughs> I wouldn't, yeah, I would just be like, eh, whatever. But, like, if you're the binoculars, you don't need binoculars. Think about it. Holy shit. <laughs> Your existence is binoculars. My, my brain is bleeding out of my ear holes. <laughs> Uh, we appreciate everybody who listens to this podcast, whether they pay or not, but it'd be cool if you did. <laughs> it'd be a lot cooler <laughs> if you did. <laughs> so join up on our Patreon, follow us on Twitter, shoot us an email, and we will be back in one week's time with more M-Class goodness. Bye-bye. Bye!
I'm mentally ill. 